This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9. Good morning, 7.07 a.m. on Tuesday, the 14th of March. This is The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Keith Kam. In half an hour, we're going to discuss President Emmanuel Macron's efforts to reform the French pension system amid widespread public protest. But as always, we're going to kickstart the morning with a recap on how global markets closed overnight. Yes, on Wall Street, after the previous day's uh, sell-off, the Dow ended 0.3% lower. The S&P 500 was down 0.2%, but the Nasdaq ended up 0.5%. Over in Asia, the Nikkei was up 0.3%, the Hang Seng was up 2%, Shanghai's Composite was up 1.2%, in Singapore, the STI fell 1.4%, back home, the FBMKLCI ended 0.8% lower. So for insights into what's moving markets, we speak to Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust Bank of America Private Wealth Management. Good morning, Joe. Thanks as always for joining us. Let's talk about SVB. The SVB failure was the U.S.'s largest financial institution collapse since 2008 with Washington Mutual. Now, U.S. regulators have stepped in with the plan to backstop all depositors at that bank. In detail, what measures are they taking and um, do you think these are enough? Well, we won't know if it's enough in the next couple of days. Confidence has been shaken. But the key here is that the Fed, Federal Reserve, Treasury, the U.S. government in general, they move quickly and they move big. This was like a bazooka. If you go back to 2008, the great financial crisis back then, the policies were too slow in coming and too small. So I think the Fed and the Treasury got the right playbook out calm the markets a little bit here. There'll be a debate about saving the deposits and all that good stuff. But I give high marks to the Treasury and the Federal Reserve for the policy package put in place. Joe, would, would what they're doing be considered a bailout? I mean, how does it differ from what they did in 2008? Well, you know, it depends on who you talk to about the bailout, you know, perhaps the depositors, but not the holders of the stock. So, yeah, this is not necessarily a bailout that we saw uh, in 2008, because a lot of people are licking their wounds having owned these stocks, regional banks. So they're going to pay a price for owning the equities, as with some of the bondholders. So I wouldn't call it like a, a straight out bailout, but it, it's really a support system that keeps the depositors hold, reduces the panic, brings more calm. It just gives us time to work out you know, what happens next in terms of how the assets are allocated, if they're going to be reallocated and to whom. Joe, you used the word panic just now, and there's this word that they, that's been bandied about uh, contagion. Um, do you see this impacting the U.S. banking sector? And you know what's been in place since 2008 to prevent something like this from from happening? Yeah, I mean that's a great question because you know if you look at the big banks, because of the stress test, because of the regulatory uh, oversight, because we've had to raise our tier capital, our tier one capital. The, the big banks are well capitalized. I mean, we're kind of been planning for this day, so to speak. We're preparing for this day uh, for quite some time. So, you know, the big banks are probably going to get bigger uh, as we speak. So I'm not worried about that. So the contagion, I mean, all, all the banks are down today. It, it has rattled confidence. It, it, it does make you think about, okay, what's next? It was crypto, it was small re- regional banks and so forth. So there's a lot of nervousness out there. I, I would... You know, typically on a big pullback, I'd say, like, go buy, you know, 
put your toes in the mar- in the water, but not now. You know, don't don't be cute. Don't try to get ahead of this because we still have some pain ahead of, in in front of us. Mm. The FDIC that's that, that's kicked in uh, is that sufficient? Uh, well, it, yes and no, in the sense that it's not sufficient in of itself. That's why the Fed and the Treasury uh, rolled out with a package, the Fed different lending programs. So, you know, they really pulled out. They they went big. This is a bazooka, and that, that's important. I think that helped stabilize not not just the U.S. And I know we had you know the, we, the, the financial sector got hammered, no doubt, not not surprising. But the rest of the market, there was good trading, there was good breadth. It really didn't go overseas. Now we got to you know see what happens in Asia. Uh, but you know, really, the contagion has been contained because I think the Fed Treasury moved quickly and big. So you're saying how um, the Fed and U.S. regulators have moved quickly in this, but some are also pointing out that there there may have been an oversight or it was something that they overlooked for this situation to have happened in the first place. I mean, do you agree with that view that there were blind spots that um, regulators weren't paying attention to that uh, led to SVB's collapse? Yeah, I mean, I, you could say yes to that. But, like, you know, let's not blame the regulators for, you know, companies not matching their liabilities with their assets or being long duration when they shouldn't mm. or not recognizing the pain that was coming with higher interest rates. Anyone that tells me they were surprised by, you know, the mismatch in their long duration when the Fed has been raising rates for a year, I mean, come on, you can't use that as an excuse. If, it, if we just started rating, raising rates tomorrow, we'd be surprised. We've been raising rates for you know, a year now, so... It's not all on the regulators. This is not a perfect system on either side. Uh, and we always learn from these mistakes um, that they'll always, you know, that there's always something out there percolating. Joe, the, the reaction to this has been quite interesting. I mean, yes, equities plunge, mainly finance stocks, but uh, we saw gold and cryptos rallying. I wonder if you might put some context into this for, for us. Yeah, I mean, that's just, I think, the safe haven. And I'm not sure how well how, how cryptos, you know, I, I don't consider that a safe haven, yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, one, one of the big things here is that, you know, the Fed now looks like it could be hit the pause button. Or we thought the Fed was going to do, you know, 50 basis points. Now maybe it's 25. We'll depend on, the, you know, the reading tomorrow CPI. Mm-hmm. But this will slow down the Fed hiking cycle, slow it down, but they're not done, they got work to do, might ease up on quantitative tightening. So there was a little bit of a risk on appetite to the market here. But uh, I think the safe haven plays like gold, healthcare did well, more defensively. That's the place to hang out as we kind of work through these problems. So, uh, as you said, uh, Joe, I think everyone's looking to see how the Fed is going to, um, what their strategy is going to be now that uh, they're likely to put uh, interest rates, it's going to be slower. But I guess, what's your prediction, I guess? And what kind of factors are they going to be looking at to make that determination now that it's not just going to be um, on, I guess, employment or CPI? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you remember, I mean, the Bank of England was raising rates and they had to you know, hit the pause button back in September because there was a mismatch with the pension fund. So maybe we're going to see a replay of that. But I think the biggest issue is like I'm kind of knocking on wood, praying that the CPI doesn't come in too hot and we're mm-hmm. overly hot. And that's going to be key because if we can kind of hit, hit it down the middle or not see too much of a if we see the inflation moving in the right direction that will give the fed some cover to just do 25 basis points so yeah our, our team is looking for 25 basis points not just not just in march but again in may so they're, they're not done uh there's no doubt about that but they've got to be cognizant of some of the collateral damage that we've seen from the regional banks and you don't want it just to be systemic or create the contagion because that'll create even bigger problems later on 
Joe, if we go across the Atlantic, regional stock markets in Europe, they've had a good run year to date, but remain at a discount both on a historical basis as well as against uh, their US peers. Why, why do you think European stocks are trading at those lower valuations? I mean, because I, I, I think the European companies just don't can't, can't move as fast as US companies, whether it's technology, kind of the layoffs, resetting, marking down earnings. Um, I, you know, you've got to deal with unions. You got to deal. You know, some a lot of these big European companies are partly owned by the state. I mean, on down the line, so the premiums always been on the U.S. But maybe that'll change if we don't get our act together here on this side of the pond. Maybe Europe might look better. But and, and, and another thing is just the growth outlook. I mean, typically earnings and economy, the U.S. is out in front of our transatlantic partners, and that to me just suggests that there's more earnings upside better returns historically in the U.S. than, say, in Europe. And and, and with uh, European stocks plunging the night before, or the day before, that's uh, an opportunity to buy, you think? Yeah, I, I think it is in terms of the, you know, the, the big sectors, you know, luxury brand, life sciences, logistics, insurance companies, you know, the European leaders, um, they, they look attractive here. And, you know, it's something we, you know, we, don't, we don't talk about, but, you know, someday, you know, we're going to see some clarity in the war in and around Ukraine. U- Ukraine's going to have to be rebuilt. It's going to cost billions, if not trillion dollars to do that. A lot of European companies will you know, do well off that. Unfortunately, we're not there yet, but a lot of good European big cap names, they're global leaders in what they do. So on a pullback, you want to own them. Joe, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust Bank of America Private Wealth Management, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead, penciling in a potential 25 basis points hike by the Federal Reserve, uh, taking into account all that's happening in the banking sector and uh, with an eye to what the CPI figures could be this week. Considerations are so much more different uh, these these days after what happened. I'm sorry, the weekend changed everything. I mean, initially it was the employment numbers that uh, everyone was looking at, right? But now with banking under under pressure, uh, now the Fed has even less reason to raise interest rates as well, or another another complication to worry about. As people used to say, what a difference a day makes. <laughs> <laughs> If we take a look at some of the headlines uh, concerning SVB, uh, at the moment, there is still no buyer for the bank. Um, a senior Treasury official revealed that regulators could make a second attempt to sell the bank after the auction over the weekend led nowhere. There was interest initially from PNC, uh, but they decided not to place an official bid after conducting due diligence. And in the UK, the uh, SVB unit was bought by HSBC for, for one pound, uh, but uh, SVB UK is seen to be ring fence from the US group and the assets and liabilities of the parent company were excluded from from the transaction. I think what what a lot of people are more concerned about is how much of taxpayers' money might end up being used to to solve this issue. Right, right. Uh, I think I I, I saw an explainer by one of the um, members of Congress yesterday, and they were explaining that the money being used to backstop uh, the depositors' funds, it's from a a fund that was uh, set up after the 2008 financial crisis. So according to this congressman that I was that I watched up, uh, he says 
taxpayers' money isn't being used. But I think what's uh, worrying now is what, how can the contagion be ring-fenced, right? And I think uh, Joe was mentioning that President Joe Biden also uh, made statements uh, overnight saying that the U.S. banking system was safe uh, and that they would really look into what caused this and how they can make this better. Joe was also saying about how regulations aren't airtight, but also there was obvious mismanagement on the part of SVB. So it's a really interesting story that's uh, causing these ripple effects across the broader uh, banking sector and economy. We'll be watching this space. 7.18 in the morning, almost 7.19. We are going to head into some messages, but we'll continue our discussion of the top stories in the newspapers and portals. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.